All right, everyone, we are live. Thanks so much for joining us on this, what is it, almost the end of March, Friday, March 27th. My name is Evan. I am your host for the Stride for the Love of Running webinar series. Today, we're joined by Sakiko Minagawa. Thanks so much for joining us, Sakiko. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome, cool. So today, um, again, we're gonna be talking about our For the Love of Running webinar series. Uh, I'm gonna do a brief introduction on uh, Sakiko and then she's gonna give us a great presentation. And then uh, after the presentation, if you have any questions while you're watching, please, please type them uh, in the sidebar on the comments. We'll be having those questions read at the end of the presentation. Uh, you can also find a audio trans or a audio version of this on the Stride Power podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so first, starting out, uh, I'm going to talk about Sakiko. Sakiko is a registered dietitian. She has a master's degree in allied medicine and a bachelor's degree in exercise science. Uh, she currently lives in Boulder, Colorado. You are a very good marathoner. You'll talk talk about that at the beginning of the presentation. Uh, you have your own private practice called Peak Performance Sports Nutrition. And uh, without further ado, Sakiko, uh, I'm going to turn the tables over to you. Thanks again for joining us. And uh, we're going to get started. Awesome. Thank you. Um, as Evan said, my name is Sakiko Minagawa. I am a registered dietitian living in Boulder, Colorado. Um, so today I'm going to talk a little bit about nutrition and um, my presentation. Yeah. So go uh, again, my name is Sakiko. Um, I have my bachelor's degree in exercise science and my master's in allied medicine. Um, and I, I moved here in, to Boulder in June of 2019 and started my own uh, private practice called Peak Performance Sports Nutrition. Um, and so, yes, I am a stride athlete. I have use stride um, for both my marathons that I've run. I ran at the 2018 California International Marathon and qualified for the Olympic trials and then ran again um, using the stride for the 2020 US Marathon Olympic trials. And how did that go for you? That went really well, thanks to Evan and his guidance on um, my power targets. Mm -hmm. And I was able to hit my power targets mm -hmm. and run at my potential. Yeah, and you had a pretty hilly, and windy day in Atlanta, and uh, we talked about your data. Um, I think it was yeah last last week um, on the show. And how many people did you pass in the last half marathon by pacing off of even power? I think it was close to eighty. Eighty people. Yes. Awesome, super cool. Well, you're a talented athlete in your own right. You were talented before you stride, but uh, stride has been very helpful in yes. some of the marathons you've run. So yes. awesome. Right. Um, and so just a quick overview of what is a registered dietitian nutritionist. Um, every, anyone is a nutritionist. Um, a, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Um, everyone is a nutritionist, but not every diet, not every nutritionist is a dietitian. Right. Um, and so a registered dietitian is a food and nutrition experts who meet certain criteria, such as going through education, um, going through supervised practice and passing a national examination. Right. So what was, um, what was your progress? And I guess maybe... Uh, tell us why you decided to mm -hmm. go into, uh, you know, medical dietetics. Mm -hmm. um, what did you have to do in terms of education, practice, and then examination? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think it was my junior year of undergrad as I competed for the Ohio State University um, on the cross country and track and field team. I realized that nutrition played a big role in help me realize that, hey, nutrition is important for sports performance. And so I decided, hey, I want to go into this and in the future help other athletes and um, individuals with nutrition for their goals. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of education, I, again, I went, did my master's at Ohio State. It was a three-year program. Um, first year was education, going through all the coursework. And then the second year was doing supervised practice. I um, interned at various locations, including hospitals, um, long-term care, community health, public health, um, and as well as a school um, 
in, in schools yeah. as well. And then I took my exam, uh, took an exam um, soon as I, I believe it was like a month after I graduated um, and passed and became a registered dietitian. Awesome. And so uh, like you mentioned at the beginning of uh, th this this point uh, here, I can call myself a nutritionist, but I cannot call myself a dietitian. You can call yourself a nutritionist, mm -hmm. but also a dietitian. Nutritionist mm -hmm. might be somebody that can just give nutrition advice, mm -hmm. but there's, as you'll talk about a little bit later, there are certain states that re require licensure yes, to yes. actually give like medical mm -hmm. diet uh, advice. Yes, that is correct. Every state has different um, rules and laws of who, um, if whether or not you need a licensure for the state to provide medical nutrition therapy. Awesome. So you've gone through a lot of schooling, mm -hmm. um, seven years total of schooling to be able That's to right. call yourself a dietitian. Yes. Awesome. Um, and so again, dietitians can work in a wide variety of settings. We can work in healthcare, education, research, as well as private practice. Um, again, so now I want to talk about why nutrition is important and how you can use that as an advantage in this current situation. Um, I know most of the listeners uh, are athletes mm -hmm. um, and we want, we, we exercise, but we also know that sleep as well as sleep, stress management and nutrition is a key component to health and sports performance. And again, during this time, we want to make sure we eat healthy um, to support our immune system. Mm -hmm. And so some of you might be thinking, when do I eat? How much do I eat? And what do I eat? Um, I want to give just a general um, guideline and recommendations for that. Yeah. Um, and so when to eat, I suggest a small frequent snacks and meals. Again, um, most of us are now working from home. Um, and so our regular schedule is disrupted. And when in the past, our work schedule kind of determined when we eat. Um, now we have to figure out, okay, we're working from home and how to establish a good eating pattern. Um, and so again, small frequent meals doesn't mean every 30 minutes, but maybe every three to four hours. Mm -hmm. um, and making sure we separate work from uh, meal time mm -hmm. so that we're not distracted, um, we're not eating out of boredom, or we're not eating out of stress either. Um, and then how much to eat? This all depends. Um, it depends on your age, gender, as well as physical activity level. Um, when we work during this time, some people might be exercising less because we are um, staying at home, or some people might be exercising more um, because, again, we're we have the time now and we need to relieve our stress in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, so again, how much how much to eat depends on you and your physical activity and a lot of different factors. And then what to eat. Um, and this is what I want to talk about in the next few slides about following the healthy eating pattern recommendations. So what is a healthy eating pattern? Um, and so I took this information from the 2015-2020 USDA Dietary Guidelines for Americans. Um, and again, I know not everyone listening is um, li currently living in the U.S., but I think this is a really good just general um, guideline and recommendations that a lot of people can take good, uh, good information from. Um, so there are six key components that I want to point out. It's vegetables, um, focusing on all of the subgroups, including dark green, red and orange, beans and peas, starchy and other. Um, and then fruits, especially whole fruits, grains, and the recommendation is to make half of it whole grain. Mm -hmm. And next, it's fat-free, low-fat dairy, including milk, yogurt, cheese, and as well as um, soy, soy beverages as well. And then fifth, it's the protein, um, make, focusing on a variety of protein, including seafood, lean meats, poultry, eggs, legumes, and nuts, seeds, and soy. And then last, sixth one is oils. Um, again, focusing on the healthy fats, such as monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fat. Okay, and so I wanted to give a general uh, grocery list for um, that follow this healthy eating pattern as we want to kind of minimize the amount of person-to-person -person contact. Um, I, I 
have some ideas and suggestions for maybe long shelf life food items that you can kind of bulk buy mm -hmm. and keep in your pantry. And so again, vegetables, it's okay to have frozen or canned items as well, because again, it has long shelf life. And sometimes some of these items have just the same or even more um, nutritional content as the fresh vegetables. What's a example of something that might be like canned or frozen mm -hmm. that actually is like better in that form um, versus like just buying like that whole vegetable? Yeah, um, I'd say, although tomatoes, it could be a fruit, mm -hmm. but um, I'd say tomato is a good um, example of fresh versus canned and how canned tomatoes can have higher nutritional content than mm -hmm. a fresh tomato. Um, but now, okay, I want to go through each subgroup. Mm -hmm. The dark greens examples are spinach, kale, romaine, um, red and orange vegetables, including bell peppers and carrots, um, legumes, including black beans, garbanzo beans, kidney beans, and lentils. Again, you can buy these dried as well mm -hmm. um, and cook those up too. Then starchy, including potatoes and sweet potato. And then other, an example is cauliflower. Mm -hmm. What are, um, so people might see garbanzo beans. That's mm -hmm. also known by a slightly different name yes. if you see it on a shelf, right? <laughs> They're also known as chickpeas. Ah, I see. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Uh, next, I want to talk about fruits. Again, fresh, frozen, dried, or canned is an option. Um, examples of fruits are apples, bananas, oranges. If you buy a lot of bananas and if you don't eat it in time and they become really ripe, you can also freeze them. Mm -hmm. they, are, they make great um, banana popsicles. Mm -hmm. uh, you can buy frozen or fresh blueberries, strawberries, or raspberries. They go great in smoothies. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to uh, make note that dried and canned options, um, they are good options. However, uh, dried fruit tends to be nutrient dense, higher in calorie and sugar. So make, making sure to eat in moderation and then canned fruits are often packed in syrup. So try to find the ones um, that says in 100% fruit juice. Awesome. Next, I'm going to talk about grains. Okay. Again, the recommendations are making half whole whole grains. So examples are for rice, including or brown rice. Pasta includes whole wheat, quinoa, brown rice pasta, and then bread is whole wheat or honey oat. And then quinoa, oats, and cereal are also whole grain option. Awesome. And for, uh, can you give us some options maybe if people don't know what a non-whole grain option would be? Maybe for rice, pasta, mm -hmm, and bread, mm -hmm. what would be like, so people so, might be able to differentiate between white rice versus brown rice, mm -hmm. or um, again, white bread versus whole wheat bread. Mm -hmm. um, making sure to look at your ingredients list um, is a good, uh, good way to figure out, hey, if this is whole grain or not, mm -hmm. um, you want to make sure in the ingredients list, it's there is that word whole in the list. Awesome. Um, Super yeah. Next, I'm going to talk about fat-free and low-fat dairy. Um, again, there are shelf-stable milk um, and milk alternatives such as soy, almond, coconut, and cashew milk. However, I do want to note that the milk alternatives, sometimes um, some of those uh, drinks are lower in protein, and so making sure um, we get protein in other ways as well. Then there's also yogurt and Greek yogurt as well as cheese. Is there any certain type of cheese you might recommend that people buy in bulk? Is there like a type mm -hmm. of people buy maybe like a block of cheese versus mm -hmm. shredded mm -hmm. cheese or yeah. incorporating it in different ways? Yeah, there's a lot of different options in bulk. You can, if you, you can buy in bulk mm -hmm. um, and they do tend to have a longer, longer, the cheese do have a long shelf mm -hmm. life. Yeah, cool. Next, I want to talk about protein. Um, good proteins options are seafood. Again, you can buy canned tuna, canned sardines, canned meats, mm -hmm. um, and then lean meats and poultry. You can either buy fresh meats um, and freeze them, or you can even already buy frozen, mm -hmm. already frozen um, chicken and all that. Uh, and eggs is a great protein source. We want to make sure we eat the entire egg um, because the yolk and the egg whites have different nutri nutritional composition and both are great in different ways. Um, you mentioned that eggs might be hard to find. They are hard to find. Last time I went grocery shopping, they only had the very, very expensive eggs, mm -hmm. but I 
but I did get it. Mm -hmm. um, and if if somebody sees uh, maybe a big carton of normal like white eggs, mm -hmm. uh, white shell eggs versus brown shell eggs, mm -hmm. what's the difference there? Um, in terms of nutritional composition, there is not a difference. Okay. Um, and then again, you uh, beans and peas are also good sources of protein, nuts and seeds, as well as soy. Um, such as tofu and edamame. You can find edamame in the frozen section um, and making sure you eat the pods, not the shell. Right, I think some people, if it was their first experience eating edamame, they might have yeah, clamped, clamped yep. down on the outside instead yes. of just eating the stuff. It is not so. a sugar snap pea. Right, but you can, you can find those frozen and that's just as fine with mm -hmm. like fresh mm -hmm. versions as mm -hmm. well. There are also uh, dry, dry roasted versions mm -hmm. too that is, makes a great snack. Awesome. Next, I'm gonna talk about oils, um, including olive, canola, safflower, sunflower, as well as peanut oils. Um, they are also found in food, such as nuts and seeds, seafood, and again, avocados. Cool. Is there um, a type of oil that you might recommend? Uh, so you mentioned you can have it in a solid mm -hmm. food uh, versus adding it in. Mm -hmm. So if somebody mm -hmm. has a salad, they might, add in like, mm -hmm. like a type of oil. Is there a preference just for like ease of addition into your diet from a, a certain type of oil? If maybe avocados are a little bit too expensive or out of somebody's mm -hmm. price range or somebody might not like seafood as much. No, all these are great sources of oils. Um, they The liquid ver versus oils are fats. There are like liquid oil, liquid fat as well as solid fat, mm -hmm. including like butter mm -hmm. and all that. Um, but the liquid, fats tend to have the higher, healthier fats, including monounsaturated and polyunsaturated. So having the liquid form um, is a great idea. And is there a type of like seed or nut that's very cost effective right now? Somebody might want to buy in bulk. I know sometimes um, almonds or cashews mm -hmm. are more expensive than peanuts. Yes. Is the nutritional content the same between them in terms um, of like the oil benefit? No, I'd say, I mean, different foods have different benefits. Um, so I guess in the end, it's what, what you like and mm -hmm. making sure you eat something you like not because it's it's best if it's something you like and it's healthy. Right. As long as you're incorporating mm -hmm. something out of this type of list. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, so here t um, I wanted to give a sample meal idea. So we've talked about each of the components of a healthy eating pattern. I wanted to give an example that highlights all these six in six healthy eating pattern in a meal. Um, and so the example I have here is scrambled eggs with toast. Um, this includes one slice of 100% whole wheat bread. Scrambled eggs is made out of two eggs, spinach, red bell pepper, scallions, and olive oil. And then I also have one banana and one cup of 1% milk. Evan. Where is my vegetables in this meal? All right, the pressure's, pressure's on me. Um, if I had to use the uh, information that I gathered from some of the previous stuff you've talked about, I'd probably say spinach, red bell pepper, and scallions were gonna be the vegetables. That is correct. Evan, where is my fruit? I would say the banana would be a fruit. Awesome. What's another option for fruit if you didn't like bananas? Yeah, um, I mean, personally, bananas are a little bit harder on my stomach mm -hmm. and um, I used to not like them as a kid. Uh, but for me, I could probably imagine uh, maybe having an apple mm -hmm. as a substitute That's or a substitute. Um, having like a cup of berries, like strawberries, blueberries, mm -hmm. raspberries, like you mentioned. Um, I like buying frozen berries because mm -hmm. I find that the fresh ones go very, very quickly, probably before yeah. I can eat all of them before they uh, mm -hmm. start to mold. And so um, something like berries would be a substitute, I, I could imagine as well. That's great. Um, what is an example of grain? Grain, I would say the 100% whole wheat bread would be the option for the grain. That is correct. How about where is my dairy? Uh, in this example, I'd say one cup of 1% milk would yes. be the dairy example. That is correct. What is an alternative? If I if uh, you're like me and you don't drink milk, I could mm -hmm. substitute soy milk or almond milk, but also mm -hmm. um, maybe something like if you like cheese, you could add cheese on the scrambled egg. Yes, that's as well. a good example. So. Where is my protein? Protein, uh, eggs. I'm a big fan of eggs. Um, I don't scramble mine, but I'll incorporate them in other that's stuff. Good. But two eggs would be good. That's is it? Uh, how many grams of protein is that for two eggs? Um, 
I think there is six grams of protein per egg, so right. that it will be 12 grams. 12 grams. Awesome. And that's that's a mm -hmm. good starter um, mm -hmm. just, in, just in one meal. There is some protein as well in milk. In milk. I didn't highlight that, but yes. Right. Um, and then where's my oil? I would say olive oil. Awesome. How did I how did I score on that one? Hundred. Hundred percent. Awesome. Like the hundred percent whole wheat bread. Yes. <laughs> Instead of the one percent milk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, and so the USDA guidelines also highlights some um, items to limit, such as saturated fat, trans fat, added sugar, and sodium. And so here are the recommendations. The recommendation for added sugar is less than 10% of calories per day from added sugar. Um, and so 10%, what does that mean? For example, if you consume a 2,500 calorie diet per day, that is about 63 grams of added sugar. Mm -hmm. And this is something that uh, people can find on like a food label, food label or if yes. they track via an mm -hmm. app, they can see added sugars. Um, depends on the what you use to track. Mm -hmm. um, but in the U.S., they have changed the food labels so that by 2021, I believe, all food labels need to list the added sugar. So there's sugar because you can find sugar in natural food items right. such as milk. There is sugar already in there. Um, but then if say chocolate milk, but you have to add most chocolate milks add additional sugar. So mm. those will be counted as the added sugar. Um, so, and then again, saturated fat, less than 10% of calories per day from saturated fat. Again, the example of 2,500 calories, that is about 28 grams of saturated fat. In terms of sodium, the recommendation is less than 2,300 milligrams per day. However, I did put an asterisk because as athletes, most of our listeners, um, we are we exercise, we sweat. So um, this may not apply to everybody. Mm -hmm. And your, um, you know, something like a sports drink that you have mm -hmm. might have sodium added to yeah. it, or it might be okay to add a sprinkle of salt into the scrambled eggs yes. that you made for that sample meal as that well. But monitoring this and maybe making sure that you don't go above a set amount, again, based on your diet, mm -hmm, would be something mm -hmm. you'd say would be okay. Yes. Um, and then the last recommendation is alcohol. Um, for women, we want to make sure... A, we limit to up to one drink per day. And then men, it's one up to two drinks per day. Um, next, I'm going to talk about more specific nutrients, immune supporting nutri nutrients, um, such as vitamin A, vitamin C, probiotics, and protein. Again, this is just, um, this is some of the many new components that can help with immune the immune system um this isn't the the list the list right mm -hmm. um and so now i want to talk about vitamin a most of us know it as the eye health nutri nutrient right um such as the carrots we ta always talk about eat your carrots for your eye health um vitamin a is an antioxidant so some of you guys might have heard of this term it it inhibits oxidation. It's the chemical reaction that produces free radicals, which damages cells. So vitamin A can help inhibit this um, cell damage. And so again, supports with the immune system. Um, beta carotene is maybe a term that most of us have heard of too. It, it converts to vitamin A in the body. And examples are again, that orange colored fruits and vegetables, such as sweet potatoes, carrots, cantaloupe, as well as greens, such as spinach, broccoli. You can also find this in animal products such as eggs and beef liver. And then again, fortified fruit, fortified foods such as milk and fortified cereal. And I know we might touch on this a little bit later, but mm -hmm. let's say um, I am supplementing with like a multivitamin mm -hmm. that includes vitamin A mm -hmm. or I'm taking a vitamin A uh, supplement as well. Um, I, I can supplement with, but I can... Also, the point here is that you can find mm -hmm, it in mm -hmm. food naturally. Definitely. Yes. Um, definitely. I say food first before you start supplementing with all this, like the recommendations I'm giving you. Um, if you feel like you need to supplement, I'd say please consult with a dietitian or your physicians before you start taking a bunch of pills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, next, I'm going to talk about vitamin C. Again, this is another antioxidant. Um, vitamin C also stimulates the formation of antibodies and again, protecting your bodies from those viruses and bacterias and foreign stuff. Um, examples are citrus fruits like orange, lemon, and grapefruit, as well as strawberries, tomato juice, and red bell pepper. 
the thing that I've learned, I think, so mm -hmm. far is that red bell pepper is probably the most versatile thing <laughs> that people are probably not eating that can do a whole yeah. bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Next, I'm gonna talk about probiotics. Probiotics are the good bacteria that promote health. Um, like, I think the term pre and probiotics have been thrown around these days. Um, the probiotics are the actual bacteria that promote health versus prebiotics are the nutrients that support the growth of the good bacteria. Um, you can find probiotics in dairy products such as yogurt and kefir and fermented foods such as pickles, kombucha, kimchi, and miso. Cool. How would you maybe... Um, if somebody maybe has heard of prebiotics mm -hmm. and probiotics, but their diet doesn't necessarily um, in include mm -hmm. something like fermented foods, is mm -hmm. there a kind of easy thing to add in rather than like chugging one kombucha yeah. a week or what are, um, you know, maybe uh, ways that somebody could add in like a, a probiotic into their yeah. diet without maybe trying too hard? Mm, I don't know if I'm understanding that right um so maybe, maybe just something on this list adding in a type of fermented yeah. food would would be okay yeah um uh, pickles pickles get with sure. your sandwich mm -hmm. um miso you can make miso soup so mm -hmm. you're not just taking a spoonful of miso mm -hmm. does something like a uh milk substitute yogurt have mm -hmm. probiotics in it still um some are i believe um yeah awesome some do cool Next, last, I want to talk about protein. Again, protein are one of the macronutrients, and it helps with growth, repair, and recovery. Examples are the lean meats, seafood, poultry, eggs, as well as beans, peas, peas soy, nuts, seeds, as well as dairy. Um, one Another consideration I thought of was vitamin D. Um, Again, during this time when a lot of people might be kind of home all the time, they might not be getting the sun exposure. Vitamin D you can get through sun exposure as well as food and supplementation. Um, but again, when we're not getting the sun as much, um, we want to make sure we get it through foods such as eggs and milk. Again, vitamin D fortified milk. Um, but if you feel like you're still not getting enough, um, then please, again, consult your dietitian or physicians if you feel like supplementation is something you need. Um, so now I'm going to talk about establishing a healthy eating pattern, right? Um, creating a regular eating schedule when we're home, um, our schedule has been disrupted and now we don't know what to do. Um, and so making sure we create a time um, and place to eat um, and working away from the kitchen when we're in the kitchen and working in the kitchen, um, we might get, um, we might want to pick on food all throughout the day and we don't want to do that. And so create a separate time from work and your, when you eat, mm -hmm. um, some of us may have more time now that we are working from home. And so I encourage everyone to try new foods and recipes again, following the healthy eating pattern. Um, and then some people might have less time now that they are working from home. They have to take care of the kids mm -hmm. and then, and still trying to fit in runs and exercise. Um, and so, um, if you do find yourself with less time, I encourage again, you to meal prep, um, following the healthy eating patterns. Um, and so another, uh, suggestion is potentially even taking, taking foods out or having it delivered to you right. and supporting your local restaurants. Um, and so this is a tip for ordering takeout or delivery, um, follow the healthy eating patterns, incorporate all food groups as, as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Again, I know you can't find fruits in all the food or meals that you mm -hmm. can order. Um, uh, and here are some higher fats or calorie uh, terms that you might want to kind of stay away from. Examples are crunchy, crispy, battered, breaded, and then creamy, cheesy Alfredo. Alternative is baked, grilled, roasted, or steamed. Um, in regards to beverages, we want to limit the sugar-sweetened beverages. Again, that's the added sugar that we don't necessarily need. Um, so alternative is water or low-fat or fat-free milk, unsweetened coffee or tea. And then 
Lastly, uh, I want to point out your portion size. Um, if we do take out and have it delivered to our home, now we have the ability to plate it to a smaller serving size or the appropriate serving size. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the serving size is a lot bigger than what we actually need. Mm -hmm. And so plating it and portioning it out. You can, again, you can always save extras for later. Don't feel like you have to eat everything. Because you're not like in the restaurant mm -hmm. being pressured to maybe take out. If you're ordering mm -hmm. it, you can split it up a little right. bit better. Right. Super cool. And then um, let's say somebody says, oh, this is a this is a great guide. Where can they find like a more expansive version of this type of yeah. uh, list? So I I got this through eatright.org. It is a great resource for um, food and nutrition recommendations. And again, if you want to know more about this, um, I encourage you to look at that website. Great. And I think that's it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So um, we have prepared a couple questions uh, yes. based off of the presentation that you gave. Um, and then we'll also be taking listener questions as well. So I will leave uh, that slide up and I will, it uh, looks like we've had uh, quite a few and Gus, uh, producer Gus says, uh, please jump to viewer questions first. So we'll definitely do that. Um, all right. So we have first question here from Johan. He says, ketogenic diet, what is your experience and wins with it? And how do you recommend to do it for most health combined with long running performance without needing to add carbs and stay in ketosis? Mm -hmm. So um, I think just from talking with you in the past, you have some knowledge mm -hmm. of ketosis, maybe uh, talk about the ketogenic diet. Do you have any experiences and wins with it? And how do you recommend adding it in for health combined with long running yeah. performance. So the ketogenic diet, for those that don't know it, it is the high fat, low carb um, diet. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of experience, I don't personally follow the ketogenic diet. I typically recommend the general healthy eating, balancing out your carbs, protein and fat. Um, I don't like any of the extremes. However, um, there are research that shows ketogenic diet beneficial for certain population groups, um, especially the uh, epile epileptic mm -hmm. patients. Um, however, in terms of athletes, there isn't enough evidence to recommend ketogenic to everyone. Mm -hmm. I think, again, it depends on the person. If someone came up to me and said, hey, I want to follow a ketogenic diet, I would recommend, I would discuss about potential benefits as well as consequences of ketogenic diet. Um, again, however, there isn't enough evidence to recommend that to everybody. Mm -hmm. Does that answer yeah. the question? Um, there's a follow-up one here too oh, uh, from okay. Johan as well. How do you measure the level of fat burn currently to be able to track mm -hmm. level of fat burn over time to follow up on improvements, more long run power available through higher uh, and higher fat burn. So mm -hmm. I think you have some experience uh, yeah. collecting data like this. Yeah, measuring level of fat burn. So through respiratory quotient, amount of the volume of car carbon dioxide expired versus oxygen oxygen inspired, you can determine the what kinds of fuel you're using at that time. Mm -hmm. um, however, that's not very, like not everyone has access to that. So um, I'd say in terms of measuring it, that's the best mm -hmm. way in, in, in research or in the lab setting. So um, you have experience researching mm -hmm. as well, and uh, you have experience with maybe some other connections. Can you talk about how some people maybe in the scientific field mm -hmm. do collect data like that? And is mm -hmm. there any practical example of somebody being able to utilize it in their personal training, or is it still relegated to the lab and data collection in that way? Um, yeah, from my experiences through research is what I have experience in determining um, the source of fuel you're using to exercise. Mm -hmm. um, the, what I've used is on a treadmill, doing a VO2 max test and having someone use a mask and breathing in and out mm -hmm. of it. And that's how you monitor, again, that you said that respiratory respiratory quotient. Uh, awesome. It's not maybe as practical yet, but yes. if somebody was able to maybe have access to that, mm -hmm. they could find mm -hmm. over set tests over periods of time that they were being like they were having a higher level of fat burn at the same mm -hmm. given power or the same uh, given testing situations. Mm -hmm. And the your dietary composition your um, can affect what you burn at different intensity mm -hmm. levels too. And so that's where nutrition plays a big role in um, your 
the fuel you're using awesome. during exercise. Uh, Christoph has a question here saying, is there an impact of when I eat carbs? So maybe we could talk about this from a non-athletic and an also athletic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. component. So is there an impact of when, when somebody eat carbs. eats carbs? So in terms of when I eat carbs, so for example, maybe during race mm -hmm. or training, mm -hmm. um, so you want to make sure you eat carbohydrate with um, if you are exercising for greater than 60 minutes, mm -hmm. because that's when the stored carbohydrate source is depleted. Again, this is general in general. Mm -hmm. It depends on the person. Um, and so it is recommended that you do eat carbohydrate. That is the main source of fuel during exercise. So um, it when you do refuel your body with carbohydrate, that does impact your performance and help in, in a positive way. Awesome. Um, what about uh, somebody, maybe this follows the, the same mm -hmm. kind of question of, uh, I've heard maybe I shouldn't eat carbohydrates uh, close to going to bed. Is mm -hmm. there timing in uh, relative? Is there like any research to show that that's bad or good? Um, it, again, depends on the person. However, I usually recommend my clients to eat something before they go to bed because, um, but uh, focusing on more protein because that is that's what helps with the recovery process. And so you want to um, put that in your body before you go to bed. So it kind of helps with that recovery. And then following uh, along this line as well, uh, maybe somebody has issues with uh, taking a lot of carbohydrates and having GI distress. Mm -hmm. Is there something that they might be able to do in terms of timing and uh, having an impact of when they eat carbs with mm -hmm. that high GI, like, like the type of energy gel that's literally just con concentrated sugar? Yeah. Um, definitely experiment with the different kinds of food. Again, try nothing new on race day. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, people can tolerate different foods. Mm -hmm. um, carbohydrate, it can be, again, simple sugar is what probably will help with less GI distress. Mm -hmm. um, there's less to break down. Mm -hmm. And so it's easier on your stomach. Awesome. Um, so Christian has a, I guess, uh, a follow-up question on this oh, saying, yeah, can you speak on race day nutrition, how to optimize calorie intake? So in the last few miles of a yeah. marathon, one doesn't bottom out. I think this yeah. is a huge concern. And it's, uh, I think something you've mentioned in the past mm -hmm. of all it takes is one bad race day experience that mm -hmm. race day, uh, all the preparation that you've done, you feel properly, but then all of a sudden come, you know, 30 K or 18 miles into a race, mm -hmm. you just have stomach problems yeah. and that maybe will drive somebody yeah. to sort of seek out uh, stuff like this, but yeah. you speak on race day nutrition, maybe for yourself, yeah, but I then a, a general like optimization. Um, in terms of race day nutrition, um, you definitely have to practice. So for example, for me, I practice during my long runs um, and making sure to take in a um, nutrition throughout my run so that I can train my gut so that it can, it mm -hmm. won't be get upset during race day. Um, again, it depends on the person of how much carbohydrate you need. Um, but having a general guideline is ha taking some gel every, I, I did every three, three miles, I think mm -hmm. every three miles, just half a gel. Mm -hmm. Um, and so again, I'm sorry, but this, yeah, it's very dependent on the person of how much and how frequently to take. What about for your training block leading up to the Olympic trials and then actually during the Olympic trials, what was the type of nutrition and fluids or gels that you used mm -hmm. uh, before? And then uh, I know you're very big on post-run recovery. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe what does that look like? Yeah. In terms of race day, um, I guess, before, during, after, uh, how, how about during actual preparation, like during your training, mm -hmm. what, what type uh, of uh, nutrition yes. did you use? So I use the Martin gels. I did both the caffeine and non-caffeinated version. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for my long, longest run, I think I did a 25 miler and took gel every three miles mm -hmm. or took half of the Martin gel every three miles. And then I took the noon, um, noon electrolyte tablets, mm -hmm. um, throughout the run. Um, and then during actual race day, I again carried, um, I did have personal fluids, except I only put water in there thinking that I won't, I wouldn't actually be able to grab any of them and carried my gels. Um, I did put Marn gels. I taped it around my fluid mm -hmm. so I can, I don't have to carry all, mm -hmm. I think I had six 
Martin gels. So I didn't have to carry all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but then again, took it every three miles as I practiced during my training. Mm -hmm. And it was something that it was the exact same type of nutrition that you used mm -hmm. as well during mm -hmm. training for months yes. leading up to race day. And then what about, let's say you finished, uh, your longest run during training those 25 miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, what does your recovery immediately look that look mm -hmm. like in terms of uh, nutrition after yes. that run? And uh, so nutrition after you want to focus on carbohydrate and protein. And again, a little bit of fat too, um, but definitely car carbohydrate and protein because carbohydrate is again, the fuel source that you use during your long training, long runs. Um, and so you want to make sure we, we get that back mm -hmm. by eating carbohydrate and then protein again helps with that recovery process. And so an example is maybe right after my run, I would have a little protein shake. And then immediately when I come back, I would make myself like some, again, scrambled eggs and toast. Mm -hmm. Awesome. With olive oil yes. or other options. Bell peppers, there. Bell peppers right. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, next question here comes from M and M says, what do you mean by healthy? And I, have, mm -hmm. I, I assume this refers to the healthy eating pattern mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. USDA. Yes. Um, and again, healthy is a very general term. Healthy is different for everyone too. Um, in again, in terms of my clients, when I do counsel, um, healthy is, again, where are you at now? Mm -hmm. If healthy means you go to Chipotle five days a week, mm -hmm. maybe it means maybe bringing that back to three days a week, or it might mean make, making sure to choose the right foods because there are healthy foods at say Chipotle mm -hmm. or anywhere you go out to eat. Um, and so again, following the health eating pattern and um, healthy is again, it's all individual. Mm -hmm. Awesome. I uh, follow up question here, getting rid of those extra kilos mm -hmm. when in the training cycle, would you start? So to start trying to focus mm -hmm. on losing a little bit of weight mm -hmm. during the training cycle. Also, what type of workouts may work best if you're trying to focus on yeah. losing weight if that is the primary focus yeah um in terms of let's see when in training cycle would you start um so let's say i have a 16 week marathon mm -hmm. block maybe i want to be to a race weight that is uh five kilograms mm -hmm. uh, so about you know about 10 pounds yeah lower than i am right now yeah when would you recommend if a, if a client said that they mm -hmm. wanted to lose about 10 pounds by race day? Yeah. The recommendation is to, if you do want to lose weight, no more than half, one, half a pound to one and a half pounds um, per week. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, we got to make sure we aren't, our goal isn't to lose 10 pounds in three weeks. That's not realistic. It's right. not, it's you're pretty much is you're losing water, right? Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we have a realistic time frame. Um, and making sure we focus on, um, if we want to lose weight, want to again, focus on nutrition to, um, maintain your lean mass. We don't want to lose muscle. We want to lose fat, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, how to do that? We again, consult your dietitians to figure out where you can, um, what foods to, I guess, eat, what mm -hmm. foods kind of limit and all that. Um, and then what types of workouts again, in terms of weight loss, you can't just do it through nutrition. You can't just through, do it through physical activity. You want to do it. You want to make sure you do both. Um, and so I can speak about nutrition in terms of workouts. I think consult a uh, coach like or a running coach. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's okay to have a reference, maybe like a dietitian that you mm -hmm. consult, but then also um, having a having a running coach specifically mm -hmm. for that type, and then see they can kind of mend, mend together mm -hmm. and you can get advice from both sides yes. that will work to give you the most optimum mm -hmm. result. Awesome. Um, so there's a question very similar from Christian recommendations for dropping weight while maintaining adequate nutrition during training. So this one might focus, um, the point might be a little bit more on how do I know my nutrition is adequate enough to maintain my performance, mm -hmm. but I do want to make a primary focus on losing weight. Mm -hmm. Um, recommendations for dropping weight, um, focusing again on that healthy foods. Um, yes, calories do matters in terms of weight loss, but making sure we do it in the right way, mm -hmm. um, and not dropping your weight like drastically. Again, that, um, half pound to one and a half pound is the recommendations. Mm -hmm. We want to make a lifestyle change. Again, I don't like the really diet because it's very extreme. Um, and just focusing on health eating patterns. Um, 
so that it can be a lifelong um, change. Great. Um, so we have four more questions here. If you do have any mm -hmm. questions before we finish up these, we'll definitely get to them. Uh, please drop any questions you might have in the uh, question bar. Um, next one says, hi from Austria. So a lot of people watching this worldwide. Yes. Uh, as a coffee lover, how does the caffeine influence us as runners? Can it maybe even support us on hard runs? You yeah. mentioned that you use a gel mm -hmm. specifically mm -hmm. with caffeine. Yes. And it, I think it was a hundred uh, calories, yes, uh, it's calories. From, from sugar, but then also a hundred milligrams of caffeine. I think I'm not exactly yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm also a coffee lover. Um, <laughs> caffeine is does have ergogenic benefits, so it does help with performance. However, I do want to make sure everyone, um, not everyone can tolerate caffeine. Um, and so again, in terms of performance, I uh, try out the nutri nutrition that mm. if whether caffeine does work with your GI system or if it doesn't, because although caffeine does have some benefit in terms of performance, um, if you can't tolerate it and you have to stop to go use the restroom, th then you're better off not using uh, the that nutri nu nutrition with caffeine. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. Awesome. Super cool. Um, so next question here is Ohio Gozamas from Tokyo. <laughs> How do you keep your nutrition pattern for races abroad? And that's from yeah. Naoto. Uh, I think that's a yeah. great question. It's super confusing for people that mm -hmm. you might be in the U.S. and you might be running the Tokyo Marathon or mm -hmm. you might go to Berlin mm -hmm. or it might be vice versa. So yeah. what would you recommend? Maybe even like one top tip yeah. uh, or just other general guidances mm -hmm. for racing abroad? Um, I'd say find if you can take it through the airport and all that, take the food that you are used to eating. Again, um, we want to try to min minimize the um, minimize trying new foods before race. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you can find, again, that non-perishable, again, food items that you can transport through the airport, that'd be a great option. Mm -hmm. um, I know for our race to, I think it was for Atlanta, um, when we flew. And so I made sure we, I packed like the tuna packets again, mm -hmm. um, not the canned items, but the packets, we were able to take it through the airport. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, the tiny peanut butter cups. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, I have maybe one input on this is, uh, you know, in the U S if I'm flying to California to run mm -hmm. a marathon, uh, I make sure that I find a supermarket that mm -hmm. has street potatoes, Yes. rice, tuna, tofu, mm -hmm. eggs, something like that, and keeping things as similar as possible yes. instead of being in the U.S. and then flying all the way to Japan and just mm -hmm. not knowing where to go. Maybe do a little bit of research ahead of time, yeah. too, would yeah. be a, a good kind of tip for helping keep things as normal as possible because that's a huge mm -hmm. thing that you might have as an influence on race day is if you can't control anything else, try yeah. to control your your meals as best you can. So yeah. that alleviates that stress part as great. well. That's so um, then maybe what if uh, somebody is racing abroad, would it be helpful maybe to research what type of fuel that the race course will have and then maybe fuel with that in training? Yep, that's correct. Um, most races do tell you what gel or uh, fluid that they're providing. And so if that is something that you plan to take, making sure to find that item and trying it out before um, you just randomly take it and right. not sure what you just drank or right. Right. tasted. Awesome. Uh, all right. Next question here is from Paul. And he says, what's best for very early morning starts before a swim or a run? Mm -hmm. Fasted, so not eating anything. Mm -hmm. If not fasted, how do I avoid GI issues during mm -hmm. exercise? So yeah. um, I think it's two points. Uh, is it okay to do fasted training in the morning for mm -hmm. certain types of training? Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, if you're not going to be fasted, how would you avoid GI issues mm -hmm. during your workout? I do recommend having something, even if it's something really small before your um, exercise swim runs. Um, again, that simple carbohydrate, you can be again, half a banana. Um, having something is better than nothing. Um, and, and to avoid gastric issues, again, you can train your GI system. And so maybe it's this week you try a quarter of a banana before you go out and run or swim. Mm -hmm. um, but then next you'll maybe be able to build up to a whole, whole banana. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
yeah, that's what my recommendation will be. Again, it, you can also take uh, like Gatorade. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't tolerate uh, solid food. However, um, maybe throughout your swim, you can grab um, a drink of mm -hmm. Gatorade, which has some calorie and um, to support you for your exercise. Yeah. Um, I have one kind of follow up on this it is I've heard of branch mm -hmm. chain amino acids. Mm -hmm. So BCAAs mm -hmm. being targeted specifically for people that are doing fasted training, maybe like weight training in mm -hmm. the morning mm -hmm. or doing a um, higher intense thing. Is there any merit to taking BCAs or what, what is um, your opinion on those? There are some research that shows that the branch chain amino acid um, do help with um, repair mm -hmm. and that muscle recovery. Um, but again, I, I typically like to recommend food first before sure. we start supplementing. Totally. Um, awesome. So yeah, uh, follow up question mm -hmm. exactly like this one. What do you think of fasting before exercising in the morning? Yeah. Um, maybe, uh, the spin on this one would be, do you have to do anything on the other end of your training? So mm -hmm. afterwards, should you feel more, should you mm -hmm. fuel to your normal amount in your, you know, maybe your breakfast or your first meal after mm -hmm. that fasted training? Uh, if you do fasted yeah. training in the morning. Um, in terms of fasted, tra fasted training, again, I do like to recommend eating something, again, even if it's a little bit um, before your training, um, because again, that carbohydrate is the main source of fuel before we, before exercise. Mm -hmm. So we want to make sure we fuel our body to let it run or right. um, exercise to um, your potential. Awesome. And if uh, somebody is maybe wanting to experiment in fasted training, mm -hmm. but they normally fuel how you say they are, mm -hmm. uh, what would maybe be a realistic progression they could make if they maybe want to start with one day a week of not eating something before mm -hmm. a light morning activity? Mm -hmm. What would maybe be um, something you could recommend in terms of progression? There? Um, I think if you were to definitely don't go all out, make small changes and making right. sure um, you adapt to it. Awesome. Uh, this question is from Jim. What type of protein would you recommend before bedtime? So um, I've heard that, you know, whey protein is big or maybe mm -hmm. there's casein. Mm -hmm. I know there are some different points, but what type of protein would you recommend? Um, honestly, it's really protein that you can tolerate making sure your GI system is okay with it because mm -hmm. some people can't tolerate certain proteins. Um, there are so many different protein supplements out there. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, find the flavor item you like. Um, again, in terms of food items that you, I could recommend is again, yogurt maybe, or maybe a glass of milk before you go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, it's a good example of real uh, real food protein before right. bedtime. How close would you say before, uh, you know, turning off the light and going to bed, would you mm -hmm. say would be okay for timing? Should I chug a glass of milk and then yeah. sprint into bed and yeah. jump into bed? Or should I leave <laughs> some time there? Well, first, uh, again, it also depends on when you're meal before that is say sure. some people eat dinner at say 10 p.m and they go to bed at 10 30. Mm -hmm. i don't want you to eat dinner and then oh i gotta eat something and right. chug and chug another milk or something right. like 15 minutes before so it really depends on when what time your dinner was but again um making sure i'd say my recommendations are making sure we eat something every three to four hours and so if your last if your dinner was say 5 30 p.m i do recommend you having something before you go to bed mm -hmm. um so that you're not empty all throughout the night awesome uh tito says thanks for the webinar this is really helpful okay. thanks for the positive comment and then m has a question here the amount of gels you say is three times the manufacturer's recommendation if it's something like uh yeah. i know the goo brand puts on their uh, thing it says like 15 minutes before and then every 45 minutes mm -hmm. afterwards Let's assume every three miles is uh, eight gels per race, depending on your ability. Uh, 400 grams is massive. What's your take on the recommendation? Before you answer, I can give a specific example yeah. from me. Uh, you mentioned that you had like the personal fluids and the mm -hmm. personal bottles. Um, that's pretty typical on the uh, like elite side if you have water bottles mm -hmm. prepared for you, but if you have to carry all your gels, mm -hmm. um, having a lot of gels, it does feel like a massive amount to consume mm -hmm. because you're not drinking it. You're just trying to squeeze like a gel like mm -hmm. or eat a gummy or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. In uh, some of the marathons I've run, I've been able to get 650 to 700 calories mm -hmm. during the whole race uh, because I'm using a, a fluid uh, yeah. uh, that's really, really dense in terms of calories, but it tends to sit okay. But mm -hmm. um, 
if it is a concern for being able to stomach eight gels per race, how would you maybe recommend um, somebody not, you know, taking a gel every 20 minutes and instead 45 minutes? Yeah. Again, it depends on the duration of your activity as well as intensity too. Right. So again, say someone's running a three hour marathon um, at very intense or someone's running a six hour marathon, it's still at their intense right. intensity. The maximum um, intensity. Yes. Yeah. And so again, three gels every um, three miles, it may not be the right recommendation for someone else. Right. Um, it might be too much. It might be too little. Um, and so... Um, what is your take on the recommendations? Again, it really depends on the person of how much, um, you can, it, it, how much is optimal right. or, and how much you can actually tolerate. Right. Awesome. Uh, we have one question here from, uh, the stride team before we answer one last listener question mm -hmm. here. Um, talking about, uh, let's see, what's, what's your pick, which, which one out of these, uh, four topics um, would you like to address? Um, I don't know. Let, what, let's say what, what's, uh, yeah. Okay. What was the biggest breakthrough mm -hmm. that you had in terms of nutrition strategy that you made to your diet that led yeah. to your biggest performance breakthrough? Yeah. Um, I can, I think there are a couple points that I can point out, uh, going from collegiate running up to like 10 K mm -hmm. and now to, again, transitioning to that longer half marathon marathon, mm -hmm. the change something that helped is again, learning to fuel during, um, my runs. Mm -hmm. That's not something that I did as a collegiate athlete. And now, um, incorporating nutrition throughout my, throughout the actual training mm -hmm. has helped me tremendously. Um, besides training, I think meal prepping has helped a lot. Um, having food readily available that I can, for example, I like to make soup, um, every weekend so that when it's lunchtime, I can just go in the fridge and microwave it and know that I have healthy food readily available, right. not have to like look or prep because by the time um, I'm prepping, maybe I'm too hungry and then I'm eating random things. So right. making sure um, to meal prep has been very helpful. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. So we have two questions. These would be the last two questions because we're approaching an hour. Um we have a question. Would you recommend salt tablets for training and or races? So these are specific yeah. concentrated mm -hmm. sodium tablets. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. Everyone sweats at different rates. Some people are very salty sweaters. Some people are not. Mm. Um, personally, I don't take a salt tablet. Maybe I could use it or mm. not. Um, but uh, again, it depends on the person whether you need a salt tablet or not. If you find yourself cramping very frequently, maybe that is something that you might want to look into. Awesome. Uh, and then we have a last question here, just for the sake of curiosity, could you tell us what the watts per kilogram target was for the trials? Ooh, so I'm not sure what my watts per kilo was. Have to do so really Evan gave there. me a target range of, I think it was 195 to 200 watts. 197 to One, 201. Uh, 197 to 201. Yeah. Um, and I think I hit... 199 watts yep. in terms of watts per kilo. So your critical power is 216, which is 4.85 watts per kilogram. And then your target and your goal and race day uh, ended up coming out to 4.47 watts per kilogram. So that was your performance during the trials. And uh, I think you've had a ton of uh, yeah, success incorporating stride too, because you're mm -hmm. a good athlete in your own right. You've run low 16 minute for... Mm -hmm. Uh, 5k, you're very good collegiate runner. Um, but then, uh, pacing very evenly during a marathon has really yeah. been easy for you with stride. Sure. It's been great. So, <laughs> um, awesome. Cool. Well, this wraps it up. We just passed the, uh, hour mark here on our end. Thanks everyone so much for tuning in. Thank you, Sakiko, for you so sharing your knowledge. Can you please tell us where we can find more information about you or peak performance sports nutrition? Um, you can email me again at sakiko at peakperformancesn.com or find me on Instagram. Um, I'm also on Strava. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but Peak Performance Sports Nutrition is your practice and where to find more about mm -hmm. you. Um, super cool. I like following your Instagram because you post, uh, you know, pretty pictures of food <laughs> all the time. It's uh, good lighting, it yes. seems. Uh, super cool. Thanks again, Sakiko, uh, for coming on. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Uh, please don't forget that if you only caught a snippet of this, you can find the full 
audio version on the Stride Power podcast as well. Um, and we're really looking forward to continuing the For the Love of Running webinar series. We'll be back at the beginning of next week with our next episode. Have a great one. Bye-bye.